0: Welcome to the 1865
1: Match Report, and I'm Baz, and we're recording this the day after Forest recorded their first away win in the Premier League of the 21st century, with Taiwo Awani scoring his fifth goal of the season to take the Reds out of the relegation zone and possibly even within touching distance of mid-table. Uh, we lined up unchanged in what's becoming a familiar 4-3-3 line with Henderson in goal, Wally and Worrell at the back with Loddy and Aurier alongside them and a midfield three of Froyla, Mangala and Yates and then topped off with Gibbs-White down the centre and a Awanyi and Johnson on the flanks. Um, it wasn't a game of uh, loads of chances. The first chance fell to Southampton with ball over the top for Shea Adams to run onto, but he pushed his shot wide but Henderson seemed to stand up well for it. Taiwo beat his full-back, the ball spun across to the centre of the pitch, eventually reaching Jono on the other side, who hit the bar. ward put a free kick over, Gibbs-White put a tame shot wide, and then the key moment of the game, Taiwo pressured Lianko, who then put his shot, uh, his pass short. Jono ran onto it, outpaced his defender, and having learnt the lesson from the Chelsea game, he squared it to Taiwo, who had an open goal from six yards, and Forrest got only their second away goal of the season. Further half chance when Gibbs White did some good work to put a high ball into the box and Yates had put his head wide. And then in the second half, Tywo had another chance. He did a load of pressing, caused them problem, but put a shot from distance over the bar. And then that was about it in terms of um, like chances. Saints pressured us towards the end of the game, where they didn't manage a shot on target. Um, although we weren't really that better if you look at the stats. Um, I used to have to go to Southampton for work and I know what that journey's like so there was no way I was going to the match but one person who did make that long trip was a slightly croaky uh, Tom Newton so Tom, how was it for you? Um,
0: It it was an enjoyable away trip after the and what you put into it and not getting back until three o'clock this morning (laughs) it it would have been obviously not great if we didn't come away with a win but um, no, it was... um, it was a brilliant uh, away trip, and um, thankfully, we got the three points on our first away league win of the season.
1: I mean, yeah, I have to say, I mean, Southampton being the position they're in and um, the way we played against <coughs> Chelsea, I was quietly confident about this one. But um, listening to it on the radio, it didn't sound like it was a great game.
0: It, it, it wasn't. I mean, they had their chance early on, and then Forrest played some like, really good stuff in the first half, but. As the game went on and they're just like void of any quality um, Southampton, I think they, how they were playing, we went down to their level and Mm. all didn't stick. It was a bit scrappy, um, etc. But we got the goal and at no point in the game, I wasn't overly concerned. I I didn't think they would score. Um, The only time where I was actually bricking it was uh, that ward free kick in the first half, but went over the bar and... Then uh, obviously, soon after, well, we had the breakaway for one he scores and yeah, Forrest, uh, pretty comfortable last night to be honest. Excellent. I mean, part of that's got to be the fact that we we see we
1: have a bit of a settled side now. It's for the maybe I mean yeah the the, the we've got Bolly and Worrell in the middle of the part, which is maybe different to to last year. But apart from that, it's the, the side seems to be picking itself, which I, I quite like the sound of.
0: Yeah, and everybody's getting a better understanding of each other. I mentioned it in the previous um, match uh, report with uh, Steve. Um, Yeah, everybody's getting a greater understanding how the play um, runs off the ball, etc. And it's just boding really well. And hence, we're having a settled side. And I think he's only like one defeat in seven or something like that, Mm -hmm. which is, um, yeah, we're getting a bit of form. And if you look around, it's the best thing we've done all season. He's keeping, he's keeping Steve Cooper in the job. <clears throat> okay. If you look at our relegation rivals, um, in terms of Southampton last night, it was toxic from mm. yeah. um, their like vendetta um, against Nathan Jones, and it was a bit similar when Nathan Jones took the job at Stoke. Their fans mm. just wasn't having him, and it was the same last night. That just whatever he, he did, they were booing him. El Anousi. Uh, he cheered when he was getting substituted and he come back on the field because they didn't know which the sub and he's like got booed and he got cheered. (laughs) Then you can't in the situation. So yeah, that's, yeah, we've got a lot going for us at the moment and we're only going to improve in my eyes. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Well, we'll come back to Nathan Jones later because I've got a few things I want to say about him as well. But um, one of the things I've noticed recently, a, certainly from Man U onwards is um, like I always had it in my head and I think a lot of us had it in our heads that a one year was a straightforward like number nine kind of centre forward but we've been playing him on the right with Gibbs White in the centre and he's not I I said during during uh, in the Man U match report um, he doesn't hold the ball up doesn't doesn't tie well but what he's what he seems to have done and what we've discovered about him is he loves to run at people and, and take them on. Um I think in playing him out wide's kind of brought him to life a bit.
0: Yeah, and I mean when he was running at Kulabarley on um Sunday, he didn't know what to do with him. He, he didn't want to run with him. And he, there's definitely a player in there. You, you don't score 15 goals in the Bundesliga which you bang average or below average. Um and they've worked really hard with me. If you, it's just at the start of the season, and I mentioned this on the previous um, match report, is that, one, he was a bit raw, a bit this and that. But, yeah, since the um, International, well, the World Cup break, he scored, uh, I mean, he could have scored a hat-trick against Blackburn. He took his goal well, played well against um, Chelsea on Sunday. He ran at um, the back for United, but nobody was in 40 yards of him, so it was yeah. a bit hard for- and then he got his goal last night, so... <coughs> yeah, and I think it's playing. as much,
1: yeah, we, we've got an understanding now of what he's good at and he knows where yeah. he's fitting into the side a bit more. Yeah. Uh, however, speaking of um, the United game, so both both of us have noticed that, is that, yeah, whenever a one-year got the ball, he was just isolated and on his own, whereas last night it sounded like we were pressing from the front, more like the second half against Chelsea. Yeah, and
0: we we'll looked a lot better. Where I thought first half against Chelsea was a bit tentative of mm. our faces and and last night and especially the first half was aggressive and uh, tackles were going in and we're not when we're like on the front foot and aggressive we're uh, we're on a good side um to watch i mean there's still room for improvement, but we've got something going for us and and yeah I, if we just keep improving bit by bit, get the odd point away from home um and a home form is pretty decent to be uh, to be honest then we get uh, probably two or three players in this window i think we'll be all right yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so one question i've got for you then um so earlier in the season i was watching um Bolly playing, and I was like, "What have we bought here? Why have we got him?" He was—he seemed just seemed to be like wandering all over the pitch and all over the place. And we, everyone's noted the criticism of Joe Worrell where he seemed to be a bit um, struggling to get to grips with the Premier League and the extra pace and the extra concentration needed. But they seem to be at the moment our first choice
0: centre half pairings.
1: Um, how did they play last night, then? And-
0: um, yeah, pretty well. Um, I, I don't think Joe Wall missed a header all game and Bolly just kept it simple. Um, there, there was just one occasion, I think in the second half, where he was just a bit um, guilty in possession and I think he tried to be a bit too clever and then they nicked the ball. and I thought at times we might have been like our, our, our own downfall because... Um for a couple of times, he was guilty in possession, but thankfully they didn't hurt us. But on the whole, I thought Wall and well, the back four, to be honest, mm. uh, they've got they've got a back four there now. Where early in the season, there's some of players what were struggling to make the step up, etc. But mm. O'Reilly's been absolutely brilliant. loddie's now he's getting a, a greater understanding of the English game and how we play, and. He's pretty decent. Apart from one lunging tackle, which was a bit naive, he got Bolly and Walton. And there's two games on the trot now. Henderson hasn't had a save to make. Um, Brilliant. And (coughs) Mangala, at the moment, he's only got 60 minutes in him, but him, Yates, and are pretty decent as well. So, (coughs) yeah, the team's really gelling, um, really gelling, and they're going to only get better in time. Brilliant. Um I have to ask about uh,
1: Gustavo Scarpa. I've seen, uh, like, read a couple of match reports, and they've sort of put him in as man of the match, even though he only got twenty minutes. And he's obviously made a big impact with the fans in general with his uh, skateboarding and his um, attempting to speak with an English accent and all that, and his Rubik's cube.
0: Yeah, how was he last night? Then he did. He did really well. Um, I think well, everybody's just been excited to see him because obviously um been a bit homestrung in terms of him arriving and then obviously not being able to play because of the uh, um transfer regulations and things like that. But yeah, there was one where he was like, is it this ball and I think, has he had a shot there? And he's mm-hmm. pinged it Williams on the like right wing and what a pass. And he's gonna be a special player. Really he's touch <coughs> awareness, understanding, and he's tracking back it, and he can defend. So he's going to have a really good second half of the
1: season for us. That's fantastic. That's that's really good to know. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him then. Um, right, I want to go back to Nathan Jones for a sec um, and, and Southampton in general, actually. Um, so uh, Rich reminded me the other day, I'd completely forgotten about this, but Nathan Jones apparently played in that infamous Yeovil semi-final in League 1. Um, and apparently I turned to him and said, oh my God, I hate that player, he's awful, I really can't stand him. And as a manager, it's exactly the same, I, I hate him, I can't stand him. Um, what it is it about him and is he going to do anything at Southampton, do you reckon? Um,
0: no, I, I, is that, with, with um, Southampton, I don't know a, lot, a great, About Southampton but for the last few years I've had something decent in terms of buying players selling them on and Hoskins was like he just come to the end of his like shelf life and Southampton thought they were going to get somebody better and ultimately as soon as Nathan Jones was linked and got the job I thought they're planning for the championship he's he's all right in like clubs punching above the weight i.e a looter etc but when he's going into these like bigger clubs I mean he went to Stoke a few years ago they weren't having him and I remember when we went top under Sadbury on that Friday night and they scored first and he's like turning around to the Stoke fans like jeering them up and everything and they were like just returning with like the V sign and everything and and you'd think actually with the
1: reputation Stoke have he'd probably be quite a good fit for them that sort of yeah. aggressive in your face kind of <laughs>
0: The last, the antics last season, and he just—he's when you listen to him, he's deluded. Mm. What line? He, he just, he's just—he's an idiot, and and just, like, I can't repeat what they said, but they it was toxic last night. <clears throat> So, oh, um, actually, sure. yeah, so
1: speaking of Southampton then, so what we have now is a slightly different to normal view from the opposition. We've got four people, Joe, Stephen, Julius and Chris, uh, two of whom travelled all the way from Canada to uh, watch that Southampton
0: performance. Dedication, that is. Uh, it's hard to imagine a match where the players could have done less when the ball could have done more. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Yeah, worst game I've ever seen, I think, and uh, I much prefer the nine 0s And uh, we were beaten by the better team, but um, it looked like our players had never played together before, and Forests were just a smidgen better than we were. Not worth the money from coming from Canada at all. <laughs> like at all. Worst performance I've ever seen, even on TV. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was depressing stuff. I thought Forest will uh, were the better side; they deserved the victory, uh, but they offered very little. Um, there was they defended, mm. yeah, you know, they defended valiantly towards the end, in particular, and kept us quiet. But they had no creativity. They barely string a few passes together. Never seen so many fouls in a single game, which is <sighs> disgusting.
0: Oh, pretty good at shirt
1: tugging. I think
0: they they really got a, the ref was awful I mean he did—he let so much rubbish go, Yeah, all the, sh, the arm pulling and the shirt tugging and then the first 10 minutes, the amount of times they went down and then just lay there till the ref came up and then they sort of recovered,
1: so I think that unfortunately both those teams will be playing each other next year in the championship So uh, as you can hear there um, they're not very pleased with the result but they didn't think we were much better 1865 Match Report You're listening to 1865 The Nottingham Boys Podcast One thing that we have been getting a growing reputation for is our fans. Uh, The reputation, uh, the the, the atmosphere at the city ground has been amazing all season. And away from home, as as Tom, you you know, um, we're getting a growing reputation amongst the the other fans in the Premier League as well. Uh, So
0: what was it like in the stands? Um, That was the best atmosphere away from home. All season. Uh, uh, I'm not going to go into the reasons, because obviously people are put on Twitter, they've got their opinions and everything. And I I understand people can't get, because of travel costs this time and the other. But last night, from start to finish, it was like non-stop singing. And it seemed like it was the actual core (coughs) who got away from home last night. And Hmm. uh, we just had lads on and, Got over the line and got the 1 0 win three points and out of the relegation zone.
1: I do think, um, I've said this before actually, is like my one of my favourite games from years and years and years ago was one where we went to Norwich away and it looked like it was going to fall out into one of those dull 0 0 draws, but the 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 away fans just kept singing and singing and singing. And Steve Stone bundled the ball in right towards the end. And he said on the radio the next day, it was because of them, because they kept going. They kept us going. And um, it is, it's it's if we've got that support, then that's always going to give us a chance. And um, but I also remember when there were points when we would, rely, as fans, we would rely on the players to do something on the pitch to get us to start singing. It's the other way round now, isn't it? And that's got to be because of Steve Cooper.
0: Yeah, um, definitely. And another thing is that if you look at the other teams around us, like I mentioned, is a toxic um, environment with Everton, uh, West Ham will probably get to that point if they keep losing games. <coughs> Southampton last night, but. We've never turned on the club or the manager or the players this time. We've just kept together and basically closed ranks really, haven't we? And just carried on singing, supporting the lads and um, reaping the rewards of that at the moment with our current form. So um, just
1: uh, dropping into Steve Cooper, um, we'll, we'll probably just we'll touch on this quickly because obviously we'll deal with it much more when we do one of our Ramble podcasts uh, later on. But uh, we've got the transfer window coming up. Emmanuel Dennis was on the bench but didn't make it on the pitch last night. Uh, so all the rumours are that he's on his way out. Um, what do you see happening in the transfer window?
0: Um, I think it just hasn't worked with Dennis for whatever reason. I mean, last night he didn't even come out for the warm-up at half-time. Mm. And, that, Alan, and When Johnson went off last night, and Nico Williams come on? Um, you you might have thought that he might have put Dennis just to keep the ball at the other end of the pitch, but he did a half a pin. And it's like at the risk with every uh, transfer, isn't it? It's like some work, some don't. <coughs> and uh, I think his days are numbered,
1: to be yeah. honest. That's so. an interesting thing as well. That's three games in a row where Williams has come on to play effectively on the right wing rather than as a fullback. Yeah. Back in it.
0: Yeah. I and. Mean, yeah, he just hasn't worked with uh, Dennis. I'm, to be honest, it, it seems a bit like I wouldn't say a panic signing, but it seemed to be one of those like, oh, he's available. Let's let's get him. Mm. Uh, we'll spend big money on him, and was it 10, 15 million? And I don't think we're going to get that. But probably the good thing about being in the Premier League at the moment is you can probably make a loss on a transfer and not mm. hurt. Would in the Championship.
1: And so, he's obviously he's obviously a decent player, but it is just one of those things, and it sometimes it don't work out for people.
0: Yeah, I mean, the times when he's come on, he's looked a bit bright, but his ball control has been a bit all over the place. Then he basically gifted. I knew the third goal didn't until last week, and and uh, I know according to journalists, i.e., John Percy et cetera, infuriating the coaching staff and on. I don't know Dennis, and I don't want to um, be um, disrespectful of him, but he seems to be more bothered about horsing around, dancing, rather than probably concentrating on on his football. And but probably that's what the players like in the 21st century: the more bothered (laughs) rather than concentrating on being a better player. But ultimately, hasn't worked for him, has it?
1: Uh, so, just to take things on a slightly more positive note, uh, if you look at the table now, I think we're fifteenth, uh, level on points with Leeds and Leicester, above Bournemouth, who um, were giving us a load of stick earlier in the season after, after our loss with them. Um, we've got Wolves, uh, sort of on the up at the moment with their with their new manager, um, but West Ham and Everton are sinking, sinking fast. Uh, as you say, Everton in particular seems particularly toxic, and it's not just. Frank Lampard, who's another manager I don't like, but also the way the club seems to be run is the, is the problem there. Um, so, actually, things are looking a lot better for us quite suddenly, aren't they?
0: Yeah, I mean, we've got the two cup games uh, now, which has um, been nice to go through, obviously, both of them. Then Uh not got Leicester, and I won't want to uh, use the word of revenge, but... Obviously, uh, we got our bellies tickled, didn't we, at, um, at the King Power. So, it'd be nice to um, beat them at home. And then, I don't know who it is after. I think it's... Bournemouth
1: here, but... away and then Leeds at home. So, if you look at, at the table and then who we're playing, it's Leicester, Bournemouth and Leeds. It's, it's Once again, we're entering a critical phase of the season.
0: Yeah, they've got the visit of Manchester City, haven't we? So, yeah. yeah Crucial point of getting points on the board and everything, and just keeping our heads above water. I mean, if we could get,
1: if we could win those home games and maybe sneak a point at Bournemouth, seven points on the table before Man City come here, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. And then if you look at the points, I think, I can't remember how many points we were on, but I don't think, I mean, in previous seasons, 38 has been the magical number. And I don't think it's going to be that high this year I think it's going yeah, to be I
1: think there are some pretty bad like, teams
0: yeah so yeah I mean we're what, 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 past halfway now if we just keep plugging away and I mean I'm not saying just like roll the red carpet out when we're playing Man City um, I know it's going to be an incredibly hard game but Weird it, thing is actually I think City are beatable at the moment
1: recently if you watch them they don't like being pressed so playing at the City ground and the way we, we press high up the pitch there, that could be something we could get something out of. But that's that's a bit optimistic, I have to say.
0: Yeah, but sometimes it's like how we're playing at the moment. We've probably got that mindset that like we're going to play better than we did at the Etihad at the start of the season. So mm-hmm. you just don't know in football, do you? So. Uh,
1: yeah, so just looking at the table, uh, we're on 17. We've got Palace and Villa... Um, but with we're on seventeen with Leicester and Leeds. We've got Palace and Villa on twenty two, then Chelsea and Brentford twenty five and twenty six points. So, actually, maybe maybe the the, the Chelsea chasing them it would be a bit too far to go an eight point gap. But Villa are in eleventh on twenty two points, and if we can, I mean they're they're doing all right at the moment, but Palace yeah. maybe they may, might be struggling. So there is a chance for, of us getting into mid table, sort of yeah.
0: for the spring. I think I think Wolves are going to improve under Lopetegui. Hmm. And then I think, I think we're still going to be in the mix. It's, I think there's a sense of inevitability about that, but we've just got to keep heads above water. I think Bournemouth they had a really good start to the season and they're struggling at the moment. So I think they will be dragged into it.
1: <clears throat> West and uh, Everton sinking, Southampton... Are starting to get a bit adrift, so that I mean, if you look at it from the point, of view, which I don't like looking at it this way, but from the point of view of are there three teams worse than us? It's possible.
0: Yeah, then you got Leeds, are inconsistent, aren't they? So, mm. but yeah, if we, if we just carry on with what we're doing, we're a lot better side than we was like August September time. So yeah, if we keep plugging away and just keep getting um, wins at home, etc., and get the odd points away from him I think we'd be okay, but we 've just got to keep improving and, and rest on the lows
1: fantastic okay, so thank you to the Lovick family uh, for their uh, their transatlantic report. Uh, thank you to Tom Newton, thank you to Steve Cooper, Tywo, and the team, and thank you to you for listening uh, we'll be back soon with our two cup match reports um, so thank you again. And just looking at the table, I think, hang on, let me just bring it up. Uh, So we're on, um, oh, I've lost it. Oh, okay. That went well. Cut that bit.
0: Podcast Network.